Hello everyone. Welcome back and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, Jeff speaks with Glover U coach Nick Belmore in the fourth webinar of our Sizzlin' Summer webinar series. Prior to working with Jeff, Nick became one of the most successful buyer's agents in Metro Detroit, and therefore he's the perfect person to speak on this topic. To sign up for our next free webinar, go to www.gloveru.com webinar. Now let's hear from Jeff Glover. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We are here for another sizzling summer webinar series. I got it right this time. You know, Nick, every time I've I've started off with that, I've stuttered or something I've screwed up. Anyways, welcome. My name's Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. You're here with Glover U and myself and Nick Belmore. And we are going through a six-part series. We identified the needs of the industry not last week, not last year, but right now. And we put together six different webinars. We're giving them away for free. Hopefully it's something that you get value from. And for those that have been attending all the other webinars, we are are grateful for you returning time and time again. And I know we have every single session we put on, they tell us about 20 to 25% of our audience is actually a first time attendee of anything. So because I know we have a lot of first-time attendees on, or at least 25% of you or around 25% of you, there's a couple things I like to share in terms of free resources. For those of you that are, for the other 75%, just bear with me for a few minutes while I get through those resources because I know you guys are already taking advantage of those. Before I do, for those that don't know me for the 25%, I'm Jeff Glover. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate, believe it or not, for almost 20 years now, uh, 19 and and some change, I guess. And uh, I am personally on the ground with you. I sell between 75 on a bad year in terms of homes per year and 120 on a good year. So I've been averaging actually 100 plus home sales a year over the last decade. And I say that not to impress you, but to also point out that when we share things in these webinars, you're getting not what I read in a book, not what I heard in a mastermind, not what I saw on Facebook, but you're getting the real actionable items, things that we're doing right now in our business. And we promise at Glover U that's the only stuff we're going to share with you. For those that aren't familiar with Glover U, Glover U is a non-denominational training and coaching organization. Doesn't matter what company, what franchise, independent, uh, uh, large franchise, small office, doesn't matter. We're for everybody. We've got agents from all over North America, from all sorts of brokerages that come and listen to or watch our stuff. All right, let me jump into the free resources. So for those of you that are joining us for the first time, a couple of things I want to mention. If you write down the word morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, and again, I know a lot of you already have this, but write down the word morning in your notebook or in your Word document or wherever you're taking notes. Or actually, it's easier if you want to just do this, open up your cell phone because I'm going to give you a free resource. Open up your cell phone, go to your text messages, and as if you were texting a new friend, you're going to type in the number 55444. 55444, just like that. It's only five digits. It still works. And then in the body of the message, you're going to type in morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, and you're going to hit send. What you're doing is you're enrolling in a free 
daily message once a day, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, once per day, I'm giving a message, something informative, something inspirational, um, something tactical, something in relation to skills, something in relation to marketing, something in relation to technology. Uh, Every day, Monday through Friday, I'm sharing with you the exact same things that I'm sharing with our team here in Michigan. There is no cost to subscribe to that, and it's five days a week. All right. So that's texting the word morning to 55444. It's yours. It's free. Take advantage of it. While you have your phone in your hand, for the 20 or 30% of you that are not part of our Inner Circle Facebook group, open up your Facebook app. On the top right-hand corner, you're going to have a search, a little magnifying glass. You're going to type Glover space, the letter U space Inner Circle, and it's going to pop up. It's going to be a Facebook group. Absolutely free to join that group. All of our resources get dropped into there. When we have events, we talk about them in there. When we have a new script that we're releasing, it goes in there, a new technology, marketing idea, strategy. There's all sorts of great accountability right now. Uh, You'll see there's a lot of posts about hashtag 100 with Gino, who is our our, um, uh, on an amazing health and fitness journey. So there's accountability, health and fitness, whatever you want, it's in there. When you go to join the inner circle, it's going to ask you if you want to subscribe to our quarterly publication. Well, you have no idea what it is you're subscribing to, so I'll share with you. It's called the Glover Gazette. We produce about 35,000 copies of these, and we send them to, to realtors all across North America. It's probably 45, 50 pages of information. Every quarter this goes out, it's completely free. If you want to subscribe to this, make sure you put your mailing address in there so we can drop one in the mail to you. Again, that's absolutely no cost. You don't even have to pay for the postage. And that is our quarterly publication. So when it says in there, would you like to subscribe to our quarterly publication? That's what we're referring to, the Glover Gazette. All right. Um, Last but not least, I know we have a lot of podcast listeners on, and I love that. Um, If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, it's called the Live Unreal Podcast. We have a new episode that drops once per week. If you haven't been following me for a while, then you haven't heard me say my recommendation is that there's five days in the week. I recommend that you listen to five different podcasts. Most podcasts drop a new episode each and every week. So you've got one on Monday, you got one on Tuesday, you got one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. I don't care what day you listen to ours. I suggest you do because it's always real estate, business, sales, leadership, anything relating to the real estate industry on our podcast. Again, that's called the Live Unreal Podcast. Okay, there you have it, the resources. Now, I want to jump in today's topic. When we took a look at what's going on in the industry right now, we put together six different talking topics. One of those being becoming a master buyer's agent. Now, I know we have several walks of life on with us. I know we have agents who are brand new to the business. I know we have agents who are buyer's agents on teams looking to become better. And I also know we have a lot of lead agents or brokers or, or, or office managers or team leaders who are looking to build a successful buyer agent or buyer agent team. So when we decided to roll with this particular webinar, we said, all right, we have to make sure that we're appealing to both off, uh, both audiences, knowing that we have agents on who are looking to get better with buyers, because we have a lot of agents that come to us and just say, hey, Jeff, I know you talk constantly about being a great listing agent, and I'm glad you do. I want to get better with buyers. So this is for you. 
It's also for those that have buyer's agents on their teams or wish to have buyer's agents on their teams and want to know how to train them and and how to help them become better. So our goal is over the next probably now 51 or two minutes or so to get you everything we can in that one hour time slot so that you can go and implement that right away. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, in my opinion, and for those of you that have been following us for a while, you're probably familiar with our other buyer agent coach, JoLynn Mercica, who knows the buyer stuff inside and out as well. Um, Nick Belmore was chosen for several reasons, one being that he was actually the very first buyer's agent ever at Jeff Glover and Associates. I mean, we didn't even have a team. I didn't even know about outside sales associates or inside sales associates or telemarketers. Or I mean, it was literally like me and my assistant and one other person. And we said, oh, uh, Nick, you're good with buyers. I guess you can come work the buyer leads. And so we created, you know, a, a little bit of a buyer agent relationship. But before that, you know, and that was 2008 or 2009. Before that, Nick was selling 50, 60 plus homes a year as a buyer's agent on one of the top teams before teams were even a big deal, right? Early 2000s, nobody was talking about real estate teams. So we could arguably say, Nick, and of course, we're going to have to fact check this, but you might not be only one of the first highest producing buyer's agents in Michigan, but you might've been one of the first. Because Absolutely. It, was before, Absolutely. it was before teams were even a big thing. So now Nick not only has through the years succeeded with buyers and working with us, and he knows our systems inside and out, of course, being one of our top agents and working with buyers, but now he has taken those to another part of the state and is implementing them himself. And he's teaching agents for not just in Michigan, but of course, he's got you know several dozen clients around the country, around North America that coach with them and helping them lead great buyers agent teams or helping agents that love working with buyers become even better in working with buyers. So this is the authority when it comes to buyers agents and working buyer agents. So Nick, take it away, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And obviously, one of the things that we know today, especially for us team leaders out there, is that really our first form of leverage is oftentimes that buyer's agent. So a lot of people, their first introduction to the business, and for most people, I would say, their first sale is usually going to come on the buy side. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I would also say that right now, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody out there who's been in the business for a little while, it's probably a little bit harder right now to work buyers than it has been in the past. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is starting to soften up a little bit. And I think our, sure. our, 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 our listeners, our followers, whoever, you know, because this is going to be on the podcast later and so forth. I, I think across North America, especially in the United States, things are definitely starting to soften and make it a little easier to be a buyer's agent right now. Absolutely. And that being said, to be a buyer's agent, one of the most important things that you can do is protect your time. And so with that, I, you know, we want to talk about a couple of different facets. Now, obviously today, there's so much to go over. And Jeff, you, you had me cut half of what we had in there time-wise. So I won't be able to hit every point, but I do want to start with some of our most important points. And one of the biggest things that I want to talk about, whether you're a buyer's agent now that's starting to work with buyers or whether you're a lead agent and you're trying to train your buyer's agent to become successful, is that we really have to be able to understand the definition of a lead and the difference between an opportunity and a lead. And so the first thing we want to really do is understand what is the difference? What is an opportunity versus a lead? 
Well, the first thing we want to know is an opportunity. Well, what is an opportunity? It's somebody where we have contact information. Do we have their email address? Do we have their name? Do we have their phone number? If we're lucky, do we have all three? Great. And a lot of agents out there right now, I think, are focused on the amount of opportunities they have versus the amount of leads. So that's the first thing that I want to make that definition between. Now, how do we define a lead? That's really going to depend on where you're at and where your goals are. So we know that if you are doing more and more transactions, we have to be more and more strict on what our definition of a lead is as we're going through and qualifying and processing through our leads. So for us, one of the things that we want to start with for as far as the lead goes is timeline. And really, I think as we're assessing for a lead, there's three things that we want to qualify for on those leads. The first thing that we always want to qualify, and for me, this is one of the most important, and I think that a lot of agents feel this way, we want to qualify for motivation because we know that for buyers, not all motivation is the same. When we know that they're living in a two-bedroom home and somebody might be pregnant with twins, that motivation isn't the same thing as, well, I kind of like to be a few blocks closer to the park. So we want to really make that evaluation. How strong is that motivation? And do we truly understand our motivation? One of the things specifically for lead agents out there, if you are running a team and you have multiple buyer's agents, one of the questions that I really want our, our lead agents to be asking their buyer's agents on a regular basis is how well do you understand the motivation of your buyers? And I don't mean just superficial. Hey, I know they want to kind of make a move into something bigger. What is important to them about getting into that bigger home? We have to go two, three, four layers deep. And this is one of the things that Jeff taught me in the very beginning, because I had spent a lot of time as I was doing a lot of buyers with a lot of unmotivated buyers. Because if we start going back to the early 2000s, the prevalent attitude amongst buyers, agents, and team leaders was, hey, just run out and meet them. And if you just stick with them long enough, they'll buy. There was absolutely a time that worked, but today with low inventories all around the nation and a lot of buyers in position to compete for those properties, we've got to be really understanding of the motivation of our buyers. So, the other thing I want to touch on is we've got to really be able to understand that timeline, right? We want to know when do they want to be a house, into a house. A buyer with a timeline that's six, eight months out probably doesn't make sense for us to be out showing those homes right now. So having a firm understanding of that timeline and what's important about that timeline is going to be super important for those buyer's agents. And again, for you, for you lead agents out there, are you checking in with your buyer's agents to make sure that when they're telling you about their five, their eight buyers they're working with at a time, do they understand motivation on each of those? Do they understand timeline? And obviously the last thing, and this is what we all kind of go to, this is what the industry talks about when we talk about qualification is ability, right? Do they have the down payment? Can they get the mortgage? And that is important without a doubt. But we know that today, especially today, everybody with an ability is not not always going to be in competition. So definitely understanding that ability is important, but I want us to really have a good and firm understanding of that motivation and of that timeline as we move forward. So Nick, can I ask you a question? So absolutely. what, what are one or two, because I know you do buyer consultations probably every day or at least yes. every couple of days. And obviously I know you work with a team of buyer's agents as well. What are one or two questions that we can ask 
without sounding like we're being pushy or, or, or applying too much pressure to find out someone's motivation in their timeline? That's a great question. And obviously, this is where you really want to be able to be focused in on having good scripts. So one of the things that we are going to do, and I won't spend a ton of time on this, Jeff, because we will run out to go over, but we do want to touch a little bit on the scripts. And for us, when we start to get into that script, a lot of time it's understanding. So, hey, what's bringing you to wherever that new destination is? So, so if you know, again, if I'm moving to Plymouth Township, Michigan, hey, what's bringing you to Plymouth? And then we want to dig a little bit deeper into that, right? Because if I'm coming to Plymouth for a job transfer, I want to understand more. Great. What's important about that? What does it mean to you to start that new job? And I want to be able to really just dig into those layers in the script. And of course, we do have questions that are going to go through motivation, questions that are going to go through ability, and questions that are going to go through timeline. But one of the things that I learned a long time ago, Jeff, and you're the one that taught me this, is we got to look beyond just the questions, but we have to look for the questions within the questions. How deep can we get into the understanding of our clients and customers? And the better we understand them, the better we can service them. And the better we service them, then the better experience they're going to have. And we all know what happens when they have a great experience. They tell everybody. Yep. So you have no problem asking, you know, if you don't mind me asking what takes you there. Right. Absolutely. It's one of the first things. And of course, I'm always bringing my enthusiasm. Oh, you guys are moving to Plymouth. That's unbelievable. What's bringing you to Plymouth? Yeah. People are excited to talk about the goal. Now, one of the things we know on the listing side, it can be a little bit tougher to pull motivation on the buy side. However, they're often talking about their goals. And when yeah. we get them talking about their goals, they become excited. And when we create that excitement and we maintain that excitement, without a doubt, they are going to link to us and they're going to want to use us and they're going to love the process with us. So what I hear you saying is by talking about the why, what takes them there, that is the part that's going to get them actually excited. Where I think a lot of agents focus on, well, I got to know what cities to set them up on a search. You're saying take it a step further and talk about why those cities. Absolutely. Talk about what's important about those cities. Let's talk about decision-making criteria. That's where I want to ultimately end up. Now, of course, I can't start my consultation with, hey, Jeff, want to talk about decision-making criteria. So Mm -hmm. we want to make it conversational and that's where being well-scripted really comes in. But our scripts lead into these questions. So it makes it just natural to flow into what's important and what brings you there and what does that do for you and all the great things that really lead to that motivation conversation. By the way, anyone can get their hands on our scripts. You just go to GloverU.com. They're there. Nick, question I have for you, and I know you got more to go through. Um, How do you ask someone about their time frame without sounding pushy? And that's an important one, right? And especially now, because I, I think that we have all sensed that buyers are a little bit more nervous, right? There's a lot of fear that goes into a purchase today because the market is so tight and there is so much competition. So the way that we really want to be able to get into those questions is number one, we want to come from contribution with all of our questions. And when we're approaching it that way, when we're linking all those questions into the goals, for them, it's just so easy to answer and those answers just flow through naturally. And of course, All of our questions are really based on helping them get what they want. So it's exciting to answer that question when you can feel it moving towards that goal that really, well, most of the time you called me for, or you didn't even know you were calling me, but you ended up getting super realtor neck and there we go. And would you agree, uh, in my mind, there's really two questions that we ask. And if there's a third or a fourth, feel free to throw it in there. But um, how soon do you want to be in by? Meaning, when oh, do you want to be moved in by? Not like, when do you want to buy a house? When do you, you no. know, 
when do you want to be in by? Like, when do you want to be sitting around the kitchen table? Right. You agree. And again, I always preface that with this, Jeff, Jeff, if everything worked out perfect, just like you wanted it to, when would you want to be in there? What, what would work perfect for you and your family? And that's where they'll start to give you what does and doesn't work. And the more conversational we are, the more we're able to draw that out and touch on why it's important for the family, the less they'll try to guard that motivation with us for sure. Would you agree that it's also good to ask, and when would you like to start shopping? Meaning, when would you like to get out and go look at homes? Absolutely. Uh, I feel like it's it's good to know the answers to those two questions because there might be a disconnect, right? Buyers think exactly. if they start shopping today, they're going to be buying tomorrow. If they tell you they want to be in by Labor Day, and but they're like, yeah, I want to wait till September to start shopping, we got a huge disconnect here, right? Like Absolutely. they they. Buyers honestly think that if they go look at homes this weekend, they're going to be moving next month. And that's just not the case with time to to negotiate, time to close, occupancy in the home after closing. So asking those those two questions about timing are not pushy at all. It's it's part of the process. And let me let me explain this too. For anybody who is worried about coming across too aggressive, motivated buyers never feel that way. It's only the unmotivated buyers that are offended by your question or think that was too direct of a question. The motivated buyers don't feel that way ever. So if you are in a position where you're asking someone a timeline question or you're asking someone about their motivation and they're not comfortable telling you, there's a good indicator right there that their motivation isn't where you probably expect it to be as an agent. Yeah. Motivated. You, you've heard for years, motivated prospects love working with motivated agents. And Always. it's now more prominent than ever, especially with buyers who have worked with other agents and didn't get their offers accepted. They want a strong agent. They want someone who's aggressive in their follow-up. They want someone who displays a high level of motivation because they know what it's going to take to get an offer accepted today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, and I'll tell you, and obviously you and I talk about this a lot, but it's true. A lot of agents have tried to move away from that buyer consultation today. They want to skip that step. And I can understand the thought process behind it, but I think when they really understand how valuable the buyer consultation can be, there is such a strong reason. And this is the part of it is reiterating those things that we may have talked about on the phone, you know, during that original call as I was converting it. Yeah. So on the original call, we're looking for three things, timing, motivation, and ability, right? Absolutely. And then we transition to what? Once we're through there, now, obviously at that stage, my goal is to set them up for the buyer consultation once I've understood their motivation, their ability, and their timeline on the initial call. And I think that which what happens? What happens? I know we're going to get to touch a little bit on the buyer consultation a little bit, but what happens you know, if I'm if I'm watching this or listening to this later, and I'm a buyer's agent, uh, you know, I might be saying, "Well, that's great, Nick, but how do you get them on the phone? I'm having trouble getting them on the phone." So we follow a simple rule, the three by three by three rule. Can you explain Absolutely. that? Well, the three by three by three rule is really important. And obviously, one of the things that we know is that the majority of our appointments are going to come from lead follow-up no matter what, right? So having a strong lead follow-up system is really important. And one of the things that if if your buyer's agent... Let Let me just reiterate that. So the appointments are not going to come on the initial call. So even if they do answer, let's say it's a Zillow or Realtor.com, Google, whatever... Even if they do answer, are you saying that the majority of my appointments are going to come up on a follow-up call? 
the majority are going to come out. Now, hey, every once in a while, you are going to set one right there. And that's great. I love when that happens. But to run our business, we are going to expect that the majority of our appointments are going to come not on the first and for a lot of it. And I know most of you lead agents out there know this, but this is important that we are training our buyers agents this way, not on the second, not on the third. We have to be ready to go through and push beyond that level of calling. Now, of course, in the very beginning, speed to lead is important, right? So we know we've got to hop on those calls immediately. Yeah. But But there's two different things going on there. Speed to lead, get in conversation to set up a search, they might yep. not necessarily be ready for the buyer consultation just yet. You might have to follow up a few times to get that. Exactly. And that's where we want to use our three by three rule. And with our three by three rule, what we're really looking at is we're looking at three calls. We're looking at three emails and three texts within three days. So we want to blitz them in all the ways we can in the very beginning to try to get a hold of them, make that contact, and then understand that motivation, ability, and timeline as best we can. Because by the way, they gave you permission to do that because they inquired, right? So when they inquire, all of the internet sites today are super good about saying, you know, by inquiring, you understand that somebody's going to be reaching out to you, blah, 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 blah. Well, you just heard Nick say people don't respond first, second, third. In fact, there's studies out there, Nick, that say most buyer appointments said, in fact, I think it was MIT that did a study on leads across all industries. They did a study on leads across all industries. And what they found is, is that the leads set an appointment on average after the fifth reach out. So five reach outs. Now that might be two calls, one text and and three emails, right? That might be three calls, one text, one email, whatever it is, there's studies out there that are saying, you're not going to get them on number one. You're not going to get them on number two. You're not going to get them on number three. It's going to take five. And I mean, we're talking like, I believe it was MIT, you know, some major university that studied leads across all industries. And they found that it took five attempts. So that's why we have the three by three by three rule. It's three calls for those that didn't catch it, three calls, three texts, and three emails all within three days. Absolutely. And otherwise, what do most agents do, Nick? And you know this better than anybody, because number one, you were a buyer agent, (laughs) right? Yeah. The low-hanging fruit, right? I want that's to- it, right? And that's and it's the end, right? Or we get busy and we forget. And yes. that's where we want to be systematized in what we're doing. And that's where we want to make sure that we're going back after those people and we're getting to call three, to call four, to call five. And it's shown over and over again, the agents that succeed the most are the ones that are putting their most time, energy, and effort into that lead follow-up. And Jeff, one of the things that you told me early in my career, and I never forgotten this, Jeff, you'd said to me, do you really want to spend hours and hours lead genning in the morning to let the majority of those appointments go and then just do it all again? No, that's a terrible idea. I did that for a few years, but that's a terrible idea. You are 100% right. Well, there's a lot of agents out there, Nick, that are actually pretty good at speed to lead, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of you may be on, or maybe you're you're leading a team where you're like, hey, our average speed to lead is like six minutes or whatever. There's a lot of agents that are, that are good at that. Mm-hmm. But what we find is the agents that are good with speed, to, it's kind of fascinating, Nick. The agents that are really good with speed to lead generally drop the ball on follow-up. And you know what else is interesting, Nick? Generally speaking, the agents that are good with the follow-up are not as good with speed to lead, right? The same so, thing. Yeah. So if, if we could figure out a way to bring those two together, but that's good for leaders of teams to know. If you got an agent that's good at speed to lead, but for some reason they're not converting, I promise you it's in their follow-up. 
Are they following the three by three by three rule? Probably not. Whatever your rule is, they're probably not following it because they are the ones that are good with speed to lead and they're looking for the low hanging fruit, the quick, easy sale, which don't get me wrong. Those are available. And you know the, the, the challenge is though, the majority of them are, are coming on the fourth, fifth or sixth contact, right? Exactly. And that's the key right there. And the problem really falls into is a lot of agents are stopping on the second. Or unfortunately, a lot of them are stopping on the first. Yeah, and so I this, find it's it's call, text, email, and then that's it. Move that's on. That's it. And they're it's out, gotta be right? call, text, email, day one. Call, text, email, day two. Call, text, email, day three. Then you can move on and throw them in the trash, also known as the CRM, right? <laughs> say, well, maybe not quite the trash everybody's thinking of, but without a doubt, and, and this is true, right? And Jeff, you said this from, from day one is if we're not going to get that contact right out of the gate, we want to let some kind of automated follow-up takeover from there. But we're going to take it out of our consciousness if we're unable. After we go for that three by three, we don't want to call them every single day for the next 21 days and leave the same message. Our lead follow-up needs to be effective and it needs to be efficient. So we want to hit them hard in the very beginning. And then we want to allow the AI to take over or whatever it is that we're all using today. I mean, everybody's got some kind of computer that's doing some kind of communication sure. for them and you yeah. got to love that. Yes. But you would, what I heard in that though, Nick, is the majority of the appointments are set by the salesperson yes. following the three by three by three rule, uh, not by the CRM. Absolutely. Now, I think last time I checked, we had zero actually set by the CRM. Sure. All the CRM does is let you know when they've raised their hand, but it never converts for you, unfortunately. However, there's a, a lot of guys out there that are waiting for that magic thing to happen in the CRMs to take over. Yep. That's right. Okay. So you follow the three by three rule, you get an appointment set. Now what? From there at this stage, now we want to really look at the showing process and we want to kind of take a look at a few of the rules as far as the showing process goes. So one of the things that I always want to stress, especially to new agents, and I, I, this is something that I want our team leaders to talk about to their agents as well, is we don't want to be showing over three to four properties at a single time, right? So we don't want to load them up. And I've had so many newer agents tell me, well, I, I know if I just get them out, they'll see all 10 of these and they'll have to pick one. That's not how it works, unfortunately. And this is a process. And this is an educational process. And I, I think, Jeff, you know this too. Obviously, you guys sell a lot of buyers over there. I know everybody focuses on the listings, but the reality is, is your team did what, 450, 470 buyers or so? Yeah, we do between 450 and 500 buyer sides a year. And it's interesting you say that because everyone thinks we're so listing-based. And don't get me wrong, we are, but there's a whole other side of the business. But there's a process for all of those buyers, right? And they all come in with maybe one idea and a few come in really well researched. But for the most part, we're coming in with advice from Uncle Dave and we're coming in from advice from Aunt Tina and we've seen some stuff online and, and buyers have formed this idea about housing. So we've really got to use some of our showings and this time to not just build rapport and educate them on the market, but to help to go through and maybe dispel and create this education process where they go from their expectations to the reality of what's going on in our market. And I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of great homes in our market, but today it yeah. takes a little bit extra to win the bid when it's a popular home. So that's a big part of it, I think, is kind of going through that process and understanding during the showings and not trying to jam a million in. 
another thing that I would always tell and I try to teach my agents is we never want to finish a showing appointment without either setting an appointment or asking to write that offer or setting up the next appointment from when I'm going to have them out showing homes again. You might not have the address. You might not even know the house, but you're out showing homes on a Thursday. What's today? Wednesday on a Wednesday night. And um, you know, Hey guys, just want to check. I know it sounds like neither one of these three fit what you're looking for. I've got some time available this Friday afternoon. If you want to pencil in some time, I'm sure there'll be a few more that come on the market. I'm also available this Saturday, right? So you're setting the appointment in advance before you leave each other. So they're leaving that setting with the understanding they're going to see you again in a few days. Every single time I want to set that appointment, because number one, I want them in the habit also of being out and looking for homes with me. And if I'm waiting for them to give me the homes, it's probably not going to work out as well as if I'm going out and finding the best home. I mean, listen, they're at their jobs every day. They're taking care of their families. They're doing their stuff. My job is to make sure that they are fully informed on the market and that I understand what they're looking for. And I'm presenting it to them as soon as I can, as quickly as it comes on the market. So I'm never going to sit there and wait for them to start sending me homes. Now, of course, do I want them to be involved? I absolutely do. But I need to be, as the buyer's agent, I want to be the driving force of the home search, not having them send it to me and I'm the door open guy. That's not how we sell homes. That's not how we build clients for life. We want to be pro active, out searching for that stuff. And that should be, and again, team leads, let's make sure that that's scheduled into your buyer's agent's day, right? So it doesn't have to be, you know, at a specific time in, you know, seven in the morning, but even if it's in the late afternoon where we're going through and we're checking all of our active buyers and we're looking for inventory and we're giving them that, Hey, did you see call? Because that goes a long way. When you found it before them, Jeff, how much impact does that have? That's right. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're putting in an effort for them versus just setting them up on a random search, right? Absolutely. And they appreciate it. They care about that effort. And that's the difference between going the extra mile. That's the thing that's going to help you pull through and get those referrals. But beyond that, it's going to help them too, to set you up as that expert and have them listen to your advice when it matters further down a lot of times in the offer consultation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of offer consultation, I know, you know, we jumped right to the showing process and, and, and you did that because, because things are so competitive right now and because mm-hmm. things are moving so fast, if they're not willing to meet you for a buyer consultation, which it's right in the scripts, you close for the buyer consultation, you know, ideally at their home. If they're not willing to meet you, we agree and we're saying it's okay. And this is always a controversial topic to do the buyer consultation during the first round of showings, whether it's Absolutely. the last house. Can you talk a little bit about that? Whether they've agreed to or not, we're doing the buyer consultation. The question is, is are we doing it at my office or are we doing it at the first home? So I'm without a doubt, if I've got a house for you to see, I want to set a little extra time or even let's just say I've been able to build some rapport on the phone. I've pulled two or three other homes out of you and we're going to go meet at one and then see two others after that. I'm going to leave myself extra time in the very beginning to do that buyer consultation. And and the buyer consultation is important. And I know that, you know, today we, we see agents that try to get away from it more and more and more. But the reason why it's important is we really need to, and especially today, because it is harder a little bit today, especially if we go back to, you know, 2002, 2003, of course, we had a hot market then, but it wasn't as tough because we had more inventory. So, 
Today, without there being that inventory, it is important that you are interviewing them to make sure that they fit your criteria to be one of your buyers. And I know a lot of people think, well, is it about educating? Yes, it is about educating the buyer. It is about the expectations. It is about all those important parts. But it's another layer, too, for us as agents, and we are interviewing them to see if they qualify to be one of our buyers. Now, if you're a super high-producing buyer's agent and you're doing 40, 50 buyers, that still puts you at a point where you only really are going to be able to sell one, two buyers a home every single week. So do we want to spend our time with the most qualified or with the least qualified? That's right. I think obviously it makes sense. The most qualified. How do we understand? Well, the buyer consultation is where we understand. It's where we can really go into depth on that motivation. It's where we can go into depth on that timeline. It's where we can get really into depth on what their preconceived notions about the market are. And if you know their great uncle's been telling them all the time about how 40 years ago when he bought his house, it was 10% off and you can still beat somebody up in this market. We at least can uncover that objection early. We might not convince them in the moment that the market's not what their expectations is, but mm-hmm. their experience will. And so with that, we at least know where they're coming from. We know where they're thinking. We know what those expectations are, and we can help to guide them the best way through the market when we have that understanding. Now, if we don't, though, we don't do that consultation, what do we know? Nothing, nothing except for the conversations that we have as we're showing houses and that stuff. And if we're not incorporating those same questions into our first showing appointment and turning it into that buyer consultation, then we're flying blind through the whole thing, which sometimes that works out. But what happens when we've showed 25 houses, they found the perfect one, and we find out that the pre-approval isn't good because the job got changed two months ago or any of these little things that could crop up and pop up. So we want to protect them from wasting their time and getting their expectations hurt. We want to protect us from being out and spending 30, 40 hours with a client to find out that we work for free that week. Yeah. So, um, you know, you made the comment of, you know, for the high producing buyer's agents, or even just the agent that that wants to have a little extra leverage, would sure. you recommend if, if you're a buyer's agent doing 36, 40, 45 transactions a year? Because that's usually where we see the ceiling at. Uh, we see the ceiling somewhere happen in the 40s. I know you got up to like 60. Um, with no life. I mean, let's no be life. realistic. I got up to 60 with literally working every single day, seven days a week from 10 in the morning until 930 at night. Pre-family, pre-kids, I could, it was okay to do that uh, because I had the time. But today I, now today I could, because I understand the showing agent model and I've understood leverage. So let me preface this comment. But today I never could have operated in that way with a family or having a life. The key to that without a doubt is efficiency, is process, is leverage. So you would would endorse and, and suggest that any any uh, business, whether it's a team or not, uh, you should consider utilizing the showing agent model. And quite honestly, that's a whole nother webinar. I mean, we could spend 45 minutes on that. Only, only if you are interested in being more profitable. If you're not interested in profits and making more money and doing better in your business, then you're probably not as interested in the showing agent. Well, wait a minute, but isn't the showing agent going to cost me money? Well, you know, listen, is the showing agent going to cost you money? Uh, Yeah, teeny, teeny bit, but they get to bring in a whole bunch more. So, you know, does it cost me money if I spent a quarter to make a dollar? You know, ultimately, it's going to, yeah, cost me a tiny bit of money, but 
our leverage is really the key in there. Mm-hmm. So cost you a quarter to make a dollar because the showing agent is getting 20 to 25%, depending on what yep. market you're in, yep. but you're not showing any homes and the, the showing are 65% of the process. So least, for our right. lead agents on that have buyer's agents, if you want to see them go from 30, 40 transactions a year to 50 or 60, which will put more money in your pocket, it'll put more money in their pocket. Everyone's happening. And oh, by the way, an agent can go from 36 transactions to say 50 transactions, still put more money in their pocket because all you have to do is the math on that and they get more time for their family or more time to go out and do something else, right? Absolutely. And we'll put a little disclaimer on there too, because again, you've got to be connected. One of the things that I have seen for a mistake that I always want to kind of warn people about is if you're showing agents out there, it doesn't mean that you don't stay connected to that buyer. It's not a pass off. You're not done. You've still got to put in your time. You've got to make that phone call before and after those showings. You've got to be in touch. You've got to understand where they're at in the process. Now, there's some great showing agents that will do that. But for the most part, as that lead agent or as that you know buyer's agent utilizing the showing agent, you don't want to allow yourself to be disconnected from the relationship. You want to make sure that you're putting in your time, your energy and maintaining that relationship so that when you get to that point, when you're doing that offer consultation, you have the rapport and the understanding that you can go through and help guide them to win the bid when there's seven, eight, 12, 16 other offers in a lot of our markets. Otherwise, they'll be they'll feel like they've been handed off to an assistant. Which exactly, is awesome. and when that happens, then the whole rapport breaks down, and then it's harder to get them to trust you when you're saying, "Hey, guys, we've got to give a ten thousand dollar appraisal guarantee to win this. We've got to go thirty thousand dollars above list price." It takes some time to have built up that trust when you are consulting them to move that offer out of their comfort zone and. Unfortunately, we've got to be out of our comfort zone to win a lot of these bids in today's market. Speaking of winning bids, and I do want to get into some accountability me- uh, methods and, and measures, right? I have, you know, we, we track six things and I know you're familiar yes. with these. Um, yes, yes. The thing you just mentioned about things to get uh, offers accepted, we have what's called a buying power checklist. And we used to give that out for those people that went through our buyer mastery program. Well, now we share that with everyone. And so you can get your hands on it. It's basically a one-page document of everything buyer can do to get their offer accepted. It's got from start to finish. So we promised that in this particular webinar, we were going to go through that to save time since we're talking about other things that are important. You can get your hand on that. It's called a buying power checklist. And by the way, my recommendation is you take this checklist, you add things to it, you subtract things from it, you create it to look like your company, brand, logo, whatever on there and make it yours. To get your hands on it, you text the word power to 55444. So just like you texted the word morning to sign up for that morning message, text the word power to 55444 and we will instantly email you a copy of our buying power checklist. It is powerful. Nick, we don't do a buyer consultation or an offer consultation without presenting that. And why should we, right? Because that really is the guide to the hierarchy of what the sellers are going to choose when they're reviewing offers most of the time. So it's so important to be able to go over that. And not only that, it's really important, just just like you said, we want to introduce that to them as early as we can. So we don't want the concept of the buying power checklist to come out at the offer consultation. We want it to come out at the initial buyer consultation. We want it to have had some time. We want them to have reviewed it. We want them to have spent 
just that time digesting the idea of what it takes to win offers in today's marketplace. Otherwise, here's what will happen. You all have been there. Um, you go to the offer consultation. You say, hey, guys, obviously, you know, things move fast. Here are all the recommendations I have to get your offer accepted. Yeah, you know, like you said, Uncle Dave and Tina said, we don't need to do that stuff right now. And then they go against your advice. You waste your time writing an offer that you know is not going to get accepted, but you have to, you know, be the fiduciary and do it anyways, where when you present the buying power checklist at the buyer consultation, meaning when you lead with that, it's much easier to get them to accept your advice when you bring that document back out oh, yeah. during the offer consultation. So do not wait until the offer consultation to go over that. Actually go over that at the buyer consultation. And Nick, I know, you know, one of the questions on the script in the buyer consultations is essentially, what have you heard about what's going on yes. in the market? Yeah. Right? And that's one of my favorite ones, because then a lot of times I'm going to get their complete perspective. What are they expecting at that point? What have they heard? What, what advice have they gotten? How are they going to make an offer when it's the time? And again, this this might not be something that when they, when they start having a conversation about this and things come up that might not be in alignment with how the market is, this isn't the time where I'm going to go ahead and correct them and get right about, hey, this is how we do it, guys. No, that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is we're understanding what objections are going to come up in the future. And if they are off as far as, you know, data goes, might I present some data and especially with the analytical, let them take it home and digest it? Absolutely. However, I'm not coming in here to give them the full education and change their idea. I'm coming in to understand their perspective. And then a lot of times the education is coming through the process, right? We go through, we show a couple houses and maybe none of them were what they loved, but one of them still saw Sold yesterday. And on my next appointment, I want to make sure I bring that up. Hey, did you guys know the one over on Main Street ended up selling? Yeah, they had four offers and that thing went 7,000 above list price. What a what a great house. I know it wasn't for you guys, obviously, but yeah. we want them to know that the homes are selling and that there is high demand. So yeah. when they get that emotional connection, when they are walking into that house and they're like, oh, Jeff, this one's ours. I mean, I could see us in this backyard and this is the yep. perfect living room. That's when we can go back and reference, hey, remember how quick those other ones sold? And gosh, you guys didn't even love those. Imagine everyone's going to love it if you love it, right? Yep. And so now again, we're creating that urgency. And a lot of times it's going to help them to be able to make their best offer and be able to put their strongest offer out to win that bid. Yep, that's right. So um, one of the things I heard in that, and if you didn't write it down, every single buyer consultation asking the question. So just out of curiosity, what have you guys heard about what's going on in the market? What have you heard about what's going on in the market? What have you heard about what's going on in the market? Because you're going to hear things from their perspective, and then you're going to know where to take that conversation and, and how much to talk about what's happening in the market or how little to talk about what's happening in the market. Because if they say, oh, we've been through this two or three times, we know we got to go over asking and we know we got to you know, give away our, our, our next born child, you know, we got to do this to get an offer accepted, then you don't have to spend as much time talking about it. But if they think, well, we heard it's hot, you know, and, and we heard things are moving. Oh, good. Yeah, you're right. It is hot. Things are moving. And let me share with you what some buyers are doing to get their offers accepted in today's market. Have you heard about our buying power checklist? And then you go right into the buying power checklist. Absolutely. And that's the stuff that really is going to help to guide them in that offer and help them to be in the position to win as far as that goes. 
So if you want to get your hands on the buying power checklist one last time, you text the word power to 55444. We created it. Do what you want with it. Use as much or as little of it. It works for us. I encourage you to do the same. Nick, we get asked all the time, all right, whether it's whether I'm leading a team of buyer's agents or I'm a buyer agent myself, um, what do you hold me accountable to? What are the six kind of metrics that I should be paying attention to? Whether I'm an agent that wants to know, I want to know what considers me a good buyer's agent or if I'm leading a team. Nick, what are the six things that I should be paying attention to? Or what are the six metrics that I should be measuring my agents on? And right, that's so a great a question. Bit. And obviously, one of the first ones, and we've talked about it already, but it's important. So we're going to put it up number one, speed to lead, right? We want to know, are your agents getting to those leads? Now, especially when we're talking team leader or we're talking individual agent, if you're a team leader, guess what? You're paying for all those leads. You want to make sure someone's getting to it. If you're an individual agent, guess what? You're paying for your leads too. So you want to make sure that you're getting to it. Either way, and I don't care if you're paying through the money that you put out every single month or if you're paying through the time that you spent at that open house or the time you spent on that phone, you are paying for every one of these leads that come through for your effort, for your energy, for your money. So let's make sure that we are getting to them as quickly as we possibly can. And let's make sure that we are really paying attention to it as leaders, right? Are our people doing it? And let's make sure that they're doing it not just when they're hungry and they need deals, but even when they're having a great month and they've sold several homes, that we're still making sure that our agents are efficient on that speed to lead. So the metric other, number one, speed to lead. Speed to lead. Uh, and basically your average time to respond, right? So when yes. I look at it, like I would want to know if I'm working for Nick Belmore's team, Nick, can you tell me what my average time to respond was? Now, of course, a lot of the CRMs do this for us. Yes, if yes. not, you're going to have to kind of do the math, right? And figure it yeah. out for yourself like we did for years. And in fact, years ago before we had CRM, you know, we sent Nick to kind of solve this problem. You remember this. We sent out two leads simultaneously to two agents. Yes. How did we do that? We created urgency because you knew that if Courtney was getting the same lead that you were getting at the exact same time, well, who's going to have a better chance of converting? I would race Courtney there every time and try to win. Courtney would beat me most of the time, but I would try to win that every single time with speed. So without yeah. a doubt, but the second metric is really important too, right? Because it's, it's great to get there first, but we've got to set that appointment. And so appointment set is the second metric that we really want to be able to understand. How many leads are we giving out to agents or how many leads are they generating and how many appointments are getting set? based yeah. on what we're sending out or based on what they're coming up with as far as leads go. So if I'm a solo agent and I'm looking at my performance as working with buyers or even how successful a lead source, yeah. one metric, which is the second metric would be leads to appointments set. Did I have a hundred leads in the month of July and set one appointment? Did I have a hundred leads and set five? I want to know leads to appointments set. And that's metric number two. And, and that should be looked at every single month. Really, all of these metrics should be looked at monthly, either in one-on-ones with your agents or, yes, yes. or phone calls with your reps, You know, calling your Zillow or your realtor.com rep. I mean, that's one of the best thing we did You know, starting three, four years back. Asking for an accountability call with them once monthly also kind of holds their feet to the fire of, are they delivering on what they promised they would? So number two, uh, Leads to appointments set. Great. Number three. Uh, and obviously, this is one that a lot of people don't track. And I think it's really important because we're, we're so focused on appointments set. But appointments set 
to appointments met because we know, especially on the buy side and the same thing on the list side too, right? We know either on both of these two things that for every appointment set, we're not always going to end up having them meet us. We could, it could get canceled. The house could end up selling. There's a million things that could happen, but we know that not every single time is it going to turn into an actual physical meeting. So we want to be tracking how many times it does. Yeah. So appointments set to appointments met is number three. Got it. Yep. Yep. And then our next one is going to be our appointments met to how many contracts? How many times do we get to write that offer, put that offer together right now? I would say that for, I know for our team and I'm, you know, for you guys, the same thing too. This is a a really high number for us. For the most part, once we've got somebody and we're providing that service, it's, it's very rare that we're not going to turn that into a contract. And the reason why that we've got a great number is because we spend the time in pre-qualification. So this is one where if you're not tracking or if you are tracking this number and you're seeing that it's not looking great, then we've got to really take a step back there and we We've got to be able to focus on how we're pre-qualifying the appointments that our agents are going on or ourselves in that matter too, right? Because wasted time doesn't make us money as team leaders on our agent side. We don't want to send them out and have them paddling. They're going to get burnt out as far as mental goes. They're going to be burnt out from not making money for their time and energy. The whole entire thing is going to spiral down if we're not making sure that they're efficient. So Matt, How many people did you meet in the month of July? Meaning not how many times did you meet them? I want to know how many new people you met. So you had a hundred leads. You set five appointments, four of them. How many turned into contracts? Four of them showed up. All right. But maybe you showed one of them. You took them out three different times. That doesn't count as three. Counts as one. So four people that you met, how many of those four wrote contracts? And by the way, the standard should be over time, over a year's period of time, should be at least 50%. If you're following the system, if you're following, our goal, by the way, is two thirds. You know, you never should be less than a third. If you're less than a third, then yes, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) We're going to continue to provide more. (laughs) We're going to help you with that. If you're less than a third, without a doubt, you're in the right spot. 50% of the people you meet should write an offer with you at some point in time if you're doing everything correctly. All right. What's the next one? The next one, I, you know, again, really important. How many of those offers do we get accepted? How many times do we write an offer and it goes nowhere versus how many times do we write an offer and we've gotten that offer accepted and we are now in contract moving forward, right? Okay, so, so signed to accepted. So you wrote the offer, got it accepted. What's your ratio of getting offers accepted? Love it. And then the, and then the sixth one. And the sixth one, close, right? How many of them go all the way to close? And this is another one where we do really well with this. And I, Jeff, I know it's the same thing with you because a lot of this really does come into the background work. Did we set our expectations right? Were the buyers surprised because we didn't lay out something that was coming down the road? For the most part with us, no. We're able to make sure that everybody knows what they're getting into and what to expect as we go through. So for the most part, unless there's some kind of crazy circumstance or something like that, we're going to keep pretty high on that written to closed ratio. Yeah. 85 to 90%. And that is is a skill thing for those of you that are leading teams, or if you're a newer agent on here, you know, your more experienced agents keep more deals together than your less experienced agents. That's a skill thing, right? And a lot of that is actually scripting, which, you know, is something that we talk about constantly. So there you have it. Those are the six 
metrics that you should be measuring, whether you have a team of buyers agents or you, you, you love working with buyers yourself, those are the six things that you should be looking at. Now, I know that we're running up against a, 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 a hard stop here on time. Nick, we get the question all the time. If I have a team of buyer's agents or if I hire a buyer agent, can I just hire you guys to train them? And for years and years, we were always listing-based, listing-focused. So the answer was no, you don't want to send your buyers to us. Well, the reality is we've been closing four to 500 buyer transactions a year for probably the greater part of the last you know decade or so. And yeah. obviously, you have been having a ton of success with buyers. So we finally said, okay, you want to get better at buyers. You want to learn how to be a great buyer's agent. We're going to go out and find people that have specialized in this. They're going to implement our systems and our tools, and we're going to put something together to teach you. And so now we have an opportunity for the people that are on, or if you're listening to this later, you have an opportunity to work with the original buyer's agent at Jeff Glover and Associates, who is now leading buyer's agents programs for us. And so, Nick, there's a program. It's called Buyer Agent Mastery. All right. So it's four months. Uh, 16 sessions, right? Buyer Mastery. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, so like you said, Jeff, it's 16 sessions, 45 minutes each. And it's, it's a small group setting so that we can really kind of interact, you know, amongst the members. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that you're going to learn in the class. So obviously one of the big things is how to convert buyer leads. Obviously that's a great one that we go over. How to identify the buyer leads you want to work with and really not waste so much time on those unmotivated buyers or maybe those buyers that are in the thick of competition versus the ones that might not have as many people going after the same type of house as they are. Yeah. Uh, create your own value. Value, uh, your, your buyer value proposition, which I think That's is a huge. really strong thing. That's huge. Having buyer. a strong buyer's consultation, a big one. Yeah. People that take the program, people ask all the time, Jeff, yep. can I get your, can I get my hands on your materials? And so that's really the original group program we started with list, was listing mastery because everybody wanted their hands on all of our listing materials. Well, then we looked up and realized, well, you understand our buyer consultation has a ton of great materials that are helping us convert a lot of buyers. So people said, oh, I want that too. So then we said, all right, well, let's keep that separate. Let's reserve that for the buyer program. So people first that sign up for this, they get our entire buyer consultation, all the material, our what happens next book, our buyer plan of action, everything that we present on a buyer consultation comes as part of this program. And what I love about what you said about the small group setting, we keep the buyer mastery program to 25 attendees or less. Why do we do that? We do that so that there's interaction, there's accountability. It's not just you're showing up for you know a recorded webinar. These are live sessions. You want to stop Nick and ask him a question? You can raise your hand and ask a question. There's always seven to ten minutes of Q and A at the end, anyways. It's not like you're just buying you know sixteen weeks worth of videos. I mean, this is yeah. coaching and accountability in a small group setting. And as my one-on-ones know, I can never finish on time. So for the most part, I'm going to stay until all your questions are answered. We're going to go through it until you understand it and you know how to implement it into your business. That is, it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I care a lot about. And I know I've been able to help so many agents develop in the past in this side of their business. And ultimately, we're going to do what it takes to get your business developed in there and to get you to the level of success you want to be at with buyers. So who is this for? Who is this program for, Nick? You know, this program is for a couple of things. Number one, it's for team leaders that want to be able to train their buyer's agents and be able to really have that 
that ability to bring someone in and take them from zero to producing buyer's agent. It's for that agent who wants to be able to improve themselves and be able to increase their income. It's for buyer's agents on teams that are looking to go ahead, get a good start in the business, get a foothold and work their team leaders leads. And work them successfully so that they are getting a fast start and beginning to get paid right away in real estate. And that's that's a big part of it, right? There's a big skills gap between a lot of times those newer agents and those agents who have maybe been in for a little bit of time and are able to go through and have processed it. And that we're going to help to close that skill gap specifically for a lot of our newer agents or teach our team leads how to help close that skill gap in their own organizations. Well, and I think I love that you mentioned teams because we have obviously a lot of teams that have hired us now to train their buyers agents because number one, it's a system, but also number two, and this isn't something you've said yet, so I'm going to say it. We actually teach your buyer's agents how to also generate their own leads as well. Absolutely. We teach them That's how right. to work their databases. We teach them how to have success at open houses. So that way they're not just sitting around and waiting, relying on your leads. They're actually generating their own buyer leads as well, which so is bringing fun. additional revenue to the table and putting additional revenue in their pocket. So if you're on here and you're interested in learning more about the program, no obligation, no commitment, you can text. Uh, obviously, we use texting a lot, it's easier. Uh, yes, yes. Text the word, Buyer, B-U-Y-E-R to 55444, that same phone number, text the word buyer, B-U-Y-E-R to 55444, and they'll give you all the details on that program from start to finish. It's 16 weeks. It starts in a couple of weeks. So if you got a few agents that you want to put through the program and you want to give them a system, it's not just here's a book, here's some scripts, go, go have at it, make sure you respond quickly, good luck. It is system from start to finish, the scripts, the skills, the dialogues, and not just converting, but generating leads, hosting awesome buyer consultations, getting offers accepted, and ultimately getting deals to the closing table and then repeat referral after. So you text buyer to 55444, and we will send you all the information you want on that program, answer any questions you have, take it for yourself, and then just train your team on it or enroll your buyer's agents and make your life easier, whichever one you prefer is fine with us. Nick, any last words? You know, I I just think that it's something that's so important today, especially with it being tougher in the market. And agents right now, I mean, we really come down when we look at a dollar per hour situation, we have to be so efficient in our time. And there's always something in the industry that is squeezing us today, whether it's, you know, third party lead gen or whether it's, you know, all these different CRMs. So, To be more efficient in your time is really one of the places where buyer's agents can make up a big gap between time and dollars. And I think that's one of the skills that we teach that a lot of people aren't focused on today, but it really does equal more money in your pocket at the end of the day. And that's why I think it's important for people to know these things and to learn these techniques. They've made a big difference in my business, in my life. So I'm just grateful to be involved in it for sure. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for being on today. Thank you, Nick. Next week, we're jumping into marketing mastery, and then we're finishing up with listing mastery, winning more listing presentations, two more webinars to go. You I'll go be there to for both of those. Yeah, there we go. You go to GloverU.com forward slash webinar to sign up for each of those. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Nick today on the Live Unreal with GloverU podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. 
We also encourage you to attend our next free webinar on Monday, August 16th. Go to www.gloveru.com webinar to sign up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.